Uh, Comedy 101 is turn the mic on. Hello, everybody. It's Gene Moore <laughs> with my friend back here, my best gal pal, Ernesto Ortiz. Hey, there gal she pal, is. Yeah. Nothing but. She's nothing but. So amazing. <laughs> Come sign right here, rude boy. Rude yeah, boy right if you here. you haven't signed in, please sign in already. Good What's to up? see you. We are recording li uh, live for listeners at home. Uh, listeners at home. And so today's show is called Clean Comedy, and it's yep. comedy triage. And what we're doing is the comedians will come up, and they will do their set. And then the, uh, I don't even know, like, Tony, we were talking about it. We don't like the word judges. Is it, is it, it what is it's it? Consultants. Consultants? Consultants. Okay. We have comedy consultants here. Our glamorous. Our glamorous. Comedy. And let's just acknowledge him. It's Tony Tripoli right there. Make some noise for the phenomenal Tony Tripoli. And then Christopher Royer right there. So how this works is uh, we will uh, bring you up. You'll do your material. And this is very vulnerable. This is a safe place. Nobody's yep. making fun of anybody because, you know. But you're going to do your safe jokes here. And then they're going to help with some tips. So, um, so if we can do this, because there's something going on in Phoenix Comedy where comics are talking when somebody's on stage with a mic. So I don't know if you guys know that, that that's not cool. So we're not going to do that in this show. Thank you. So uh, did that came out really harsh. But... <laughs> But it's, it, made me, it made me quiet Gee. down. Well, I mean, I just... Wait, go ahead. I do want to hear your gossip. So last night, yes. don't tell anyone this, I okay. hosted the, the gay show over at the green room. Oh, yeah. And uh, I had not met a number of the comics before, but in your host, you know, you have to meet everybody. Yes. So one of the performers, who was about number eight in the lineup, sat in the second row and texted, full brightness... During everyone, yeah. so after about the fifth comic, I went over to her and I tapped her on the shoulder yeah. and said, "Hi, um, if you sit in the second row and text through all the comics that are before you, I'm not going to give you a very good intro." Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for doing that. So go to the back yeah. of the room, and she did. Thank you. Because I was literally going to be like, "And next is the comic who texted through every other comic, <laughs> give her exactly That's the probably how we she deserves." It. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not. It's just foreign. That comedy is hard enough, and you're going to sit and fuck up your comrades shit yeah that's not nice we're so we're not artists. doing that we're in this show artists. we're all artists but here's a safe place this is a clean show <laughs> so don't fuck up no your shit. Don't yeah, fuck up someone yeah we're set, not gonna please. do this and i'll say set. this i'll say this about clean comedy and i'm embarrassed to say this because i'm very humble but uh i have been making an embarrassing amount of money on clean comedy this year it's embarrassing. embarrassing it's embarrassing it is embarrassing to cash those checks it really is it's embarrassing and i'm just telling you because there are there are a lot of comics in here that are really talented, but then when they found out it was clean, they bailed and they said they don't want to do it. And right. I said, enjoy Phoenix, because we're going to go on with the show. you got to learn how to do it, or else you're always going to do it. Hello, Mr. Yardley. How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> All right. So, All right. so go uh, ahead. So Gene is going to uh, do the first set, right? I will do the first how, joke. How, 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 many, how, many, how many minutes does each comic get? Uh, well, people backed out. So we could do five now. We're okay. going to do five minutes, and then the judges will do like five minutes. Okay, so we got time. Okay. Yeah, we got. Ladies and gentlemen, here, use this mic. Oh, can I use that one? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gene Moore. Thank you. Keep it going for your host, Ernesto Ortiz. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. I'm dying in Flagstaff because there's such good food. Everywhere I turn around, there's such amazing food. I don't know if you guys have been to Proper Meats. I just love it. It's so good. I, uh, it's inside of me. I'm trying to do well and eat better, but inside of me, I have an inner fat lady. Her name is Beatrice. Um, she is a self-saboteur. She is a self-saboteur. What she does, every night I try to go to bed and I try to do good, you know, and I'm sleeping. All of a sudden I hear Beatrice, she comes to me and she's like, Jane, Jane, get up. She talks all Southern. She has a Southern accent. It's intoxicating. And she's like, Jane, get up, get up. 
And I'm like, no, Beatrice, I'm trying to do good. I'm fitting in some clothes I never had be before. I'm going good. Beatrice, leave me alone. She's like, Jean, get up. Jean, get up. I got a Costco chicken in the refrigerator. <laughs> and I got some bread. I'm like, oh, my God, Beatrice, you had me at bread. Oh, my God, I'll go because I just love it so much. But I am, try I am really trying to work on my weight issues. Uh, it's hard. Uh, I'll tell you this. Um, there was a time in my life, I think this was rock bottom, when I was eating chips. This is when I really knew I was fat. I was eating chips, and I had crumbs on my shirt, and I wasn't brushing those crumbs away. I was like, I just invented later on snacks. This is when I knew I was too fat. Anyways, my name is Gene Moore. Thank you so much. Let's keep your host up here. You know okay. what's so hard? Yelling at Gene, people and then trying Gene, to do comedy. That's so hard. Gene, I have thoughts. Okay, thank you. Okay. Gene Moore, you cannot tell me that your favorite place to eat in Flagstaff is something called Proper Meats yeah. and not do some kind of joke about the improper meats that you have put in your mouth before Flagstaff. I will not tolerate it. But it's clean, Tommy. And I don't care. That's not dirty. You can just say, listen, I have a history with improper meats. So finally, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good clean joke. Also, I have an idea. Yeah. I wonder if Beatriz doesn't whisper at you because it's hard to hear the whisper unless you're in the perfect comedy environment. Uh, so I'm wondering if she's real southern. Sing songy, Jean, I got some chicken in the refrigerator. I wonder if that might play better in a, in a situation like this where it's a little hearing challenged. Just a thought. Uh, I love that you jumped right into your set. Um, and that you stood right at the front of the stage and you engaged the audience over here, you engaged the audience over there. So very professional, you understood to acknowledge the whole room and bring everyone in, that was good. Um, I like that you named her Beatrice because apparently the name Paula Dean was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> feel, free to, feel free to use that. And um, if you're wondering, um, you might want to explore the concept of you're like, oh, why would, do I struggle with my weight? Because uh, you live with one other human being and you have a Costco membership. You know, why do you guys <laughs> shop in bulk? A Costco chicken will feed like eight people. I know. They're meant for, it's meant for Mormons. So anyway, you want to, it'd be funny to bring that up in, your, in the joke, no. the fact that you do. No, that's true. But you know, we kill that chicken in one sitting. <laughs> you, so when you buy in bulk, you eat in bulk, bitch. Oh, that's good. Okay. okay. Thank you. See, he wrote me a joke. Thank you. That's good. All right. So. Come up here, sir. Hello. Good. To Make some noise and show your love for him. All right. What's going on, people? Jesus. No, man. Uh, I broke my hand recently. I got a boxer's fracture. That's what it's called. Uh, but how I got it uh, is not as tough as it sounds. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty pathetic how I got it. Like, it would have been, like, better if I got it, like, actually wearing boxer shorts because I got playing volleyball. It's a volleyball injury is what I'm saying. All right. I kind of fucked it up right out of the gate, so I'm going to keep moving on. Not supposed to say fuck because it's a clean set. <laughs> I know, man. Uh, yeah, I went to see the orthopedic. Uh, my orthopedic is a gentleman from the south. Uh, I don't know. It bothered me a little bit. Is that racist? Because I'd expect somebody, you know, Indian or Asian. I don't expect to see a Pakistani cowboy or a rodeo. I know. He's just sitting there gnawing on a, on a hay straw, singing a soliloquy, you know, saying, let me tell you, buddy, you broke your hand. I know. 
Man, what else? I want to talk about my dad a little bit. Uh, pretty angry guy, crazy guy. Uh, never hit me or anything. No, just just hit me enough so that I know actions have consequences. Also enough uh, to make me uh, do comedy. So <laughs> he kind of found the right balance, you know. But yeah, his big thing was breaking stuff around the house. No, dinner's no good. Just you know, break the dining chair. Uh, play too many video games. Just throw the TV. Like he did that once. And I'm not talking like a flat screen TV, like a Kim Kardashian-ass TV, you know? I'm like, dude, I never saw you go to the gym. Where do you get the core strength? Like, seriously. <laughs> Jesus. And also, what are you doing destroying your own property? <laughs> really, like, if I ever become a father, you know, I'm going to make my son work, buy stuff, and then break his stuff. You know? That makes more fiscal sense, I guess. What else do I want to talk about? Uh, yeah, one more thing. Like, I was at the grocery store. Uh, I was super hungry because I'm a fat slob like that inside. Like, I, I bought a cliff bar, and the cashier's like, honey, do you want to donate a dollar for hunger relief? I'm like, I just did, man. What do you want from me? Trying to double dip on my action here? She was like, the next day I went in, she was like, hey, do you want to donate a dollar for, uh, to help the mentally handicapped? Now, I didn't want to be, you know, rude two, two days in a row, right? So I just gave her the dollar, you know, cut out the middleman. <laughs> I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? I think that's all the clean stuff I have, man. I don't know. <laughs> took, a, took a little problem. All right, I love that Cliff Bar joke. I've heard that before and I like it. I love that. Um, here's my idea. I think that you can get a lot more mileage out of asking, is it racist, that me, as a member of a minority group, was disappointed that I had a white Southern doctor. I am all ears when you introduce that, because you are in that rare position where you can bag on you know, white people, especially Southern, from a very unique perspective. So I want you to, like, I think you can find 10 more beats to that story, right? I mean, I feel like that's such a great concept. And I'm wondering if maybe when he tells you that your arm is broken, like he does it in like some corn pone way. Like, you know how everything is, you know, like I'm lower than the a grasshopper's belly on a summer day, right? But if he's like, your arm is more broke than this country's going to be after the liberals give health care to the Mexicans yeah. or like some... <laughs> Right, like, I think you can get the way, like, you know, I was feeling guilty about it, and then I knew, it turns out I was right in the way he told me, and then you can, like, shit on him there. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree. I, would I know that's a new joke, but d keep digging into it, because you said he's a gentleman from the South, which I love, because there's also a thing called a Southern gentleman. And you didn't call him that, but I, I kind of like that there would be a difference between the two. Um, like, if, like, if you refer to him as a Southern gentleman, like you said, he's wearing a white coat, but it's not a lab coat. He's just dressed like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> totally. Like just, um, you know, uh, like I was saying yesterday, one of the great uh, pieces of advice I got in comedy was that a lot of a joke comes from that. You paint this picture in the audience's mind, yeah. and then you destroy that picture. So this clear picture that you paint of who this guy was, exaggerate it, of right. course. But, but then when you, you know, kind of, like you said, in his stethoscope kept getting tangled in his banjo. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like just yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just, but like it's one of those things where one of the great writing exercises is to sit down and write. Ten, like force yourself right. one through ten on a piece of paper and write ten things like that. You'll never use them all. Yeah. But but to force right. yourself to write too many 
and then you get to pick uh, which ones because I think that'll be a good joke and way to cut down on the cussing from last year. I think it, yeah. it's, I think it makes the set much more enjoyable. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate he wasn't whistling Dixie, but his nurse's name was Dixie. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he whistled for Dixie, which is very dangerously close <laughs> in, to me. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. That was wonderful. Thank you, Abra. Thank you. And uh, let's see here. I, I can't read the last name, but it's Michelle. Is there a Michelle in here? Yeah. Michelle. Lund Michelle. Oh, there you are. Give it up for Michelle. Give it up for Michelle. All right, guys. It's so good to be in Flagstaff. I went to college up here. My college professor is right over there. Yes. Oh, she was an inspiration to me. I have uh, been wandering around Flagstaff, and I was so worried, so worried that I wasn't going to get hit on by a white guy with dreads. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. It happened. <laughs> late last night. It was a late call. It worked out. Ugh. I have been struggling a lot lately with self-esteem. It's not fun, but you need to have good self-esteem. Facebook's making it worse. They're sending me self-help ads for self-help books. Childless living, motherhood missed, and my absolute favorite, conceiving with love. I'm not going to be able to conceive with love with my husband. It's not going to happen. It's not what you think. He just had a little procedure, and yeah, I double-checked those counts a few times before we re-engage in that sexual activity. <laughs> so... The most depressed, I mean, I don't know why Facebook wants me to have kids anyway. We live in the age of Amazon. I ran out of toilet paper last week, and they want me to get in the diaper game. Not good, yeah. Uh, I am married. Is anybody else in here married? Uh, yay. I did it for the reasons that most young women get married, and that was for insurance. Health, guys, not life. <laughs> No, getting married was really hard for me. Prior to doing that, I was busy, what's the word, hoeing. I mean, living an independent life. And that means that I never had to speak to anybody between the hours of 3 a.m. and 7 a.m. But I married a morning person. So that means he wakes me up at 7 a.m. And after a very, very heated debate about coffee, um, he came home with a sensitivity intolerance test. And it was so fun for me to explain to him that that was not going to fix my personality. Sadly, no, that was just going to let us know what I was allergic to, and I already know. Soy. You can't put that in your coffee. <laughs> my husband is a smart guy. He's a computer engineer. He's in charge of automation. That means everything in our house talks to everything else. Despite this, I still don't have a Roomba, the robot vacuum. I can't think of a better way to automate a useless, boring chore um, but I still don't have one. I blamed grandma for a long time, you know, because they got mad at their husbands for buying them appliances. And I thought, you know, you ruined it for everyone. And now I know that men just do weird shit with the information that we give them. Example, came home the other day, told my husband I wanted to lose a little weight. I wanted to get healthy. And I came home the other day and he bought me a gift, a present, and I was really excited and it wasn't a Fitbit, it wasn't even a treadmill, it was a scale <laughs> and a tape for good measure. I was worried, yeah. 
I was worried. So I, you know, I'm a white woman. I'm aware of my privilege. So I demanded that we see the neurosurgeon. Yeah. She came out. She was confused. It says wife gift. I surmised the situation, and she said, yes, yes, we will get that MRI right away. You guys, he was in that MRI machine, and I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It's got to be a tumor for the synaptic cleft in his frontal lobe to act that badly and make such a poor decision. <laughs> and he was in that MRI. I was so scared. thought, my house, my dogs, oh, the Tesla. And then I took a step back, and this moment of clarity washed over me, and I remembered, I'm pretty sure I have life insurance on him, too. My name is Michelle Payton. Thank you so much. Keep it going for Michelle, everybody. There's a dollar on here. I don't know who dropped it. I'm a, it might have cocaine on it. Don't touch it. It's evidence. Okay. Be, now, Michelle, we're doing a podcast, too. So let me just say, how many years have you been doing comedy? Less than a year. Less than a year. Less Give than it a year. Yes. Give wow. it a year. And where are you from? Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay. Why do you look scared? You, you don't look scared. No, no. It's a very you want. Okay, Tony, go ahead. Yeah. So here, okay, my sort of my overall observation is I've seen you do a set one time before, and if I were reading your set, it's sort of you know dark and kind of complaining, right? It's like oh, I'm, these are the things that I'm annoyed with, which is like most comics. But when I look at you, you're such a sweet pleasant, smiley person. So I'm just, I'm wanting, I'm wanting you to figure out the sort of temperature or the whatever. Like what is, what is the demeanor you need to bring on stage to make me understand why this nice person is having all these not nice thoughts? Or give me a, give me a joke early in the set about, like I know I look really sweet, but actually I have like the darkest thoughts. Some, you know what I mean? Okay. I want you to acknowledge what we're struggling with so then okay. we can let go of it and, and listen focus more, um, because instead I'm like, she seems really nice, is this true? And I'm, I'm arguing with you on all of your great premises, because I'm like, she's too nice to think that. So I want to get past that at the beginning so I can really listen. Okay. And then my other uh, note is, I think there were so many great premises here that you can develop further. Like the, the book title, when you say the, the crazy self-help book titles you're getting, Make them clearer that that's the title. Like maybe do the air quotes so I really know what the title was. And then go, I mean, they're getting so out of control. I'm waiting for, and then write some even ruder, crazier joke titles. Like continue with the joke. Like you've got like the first 75%, but I want you to keep going with them. And like, you want a Roomba, why? What's the joke about why you want a Roomba so bad? And then you say like your grandparents ruined it because they complained about getting appliances, which is such a great premise but then give me more, right? Like, so I think you've got like, this is such a great beginnings of a set here, and it's gonna be a 15 minute set when you find all the little extensions. So, great job, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with Tony. That was actually the first thing I caught as well, which is you gave me true names of books that you're really getting advertised to. I only need a couple true names, and then I want the fake ones. As I, you know, as they could get progressively worse. Like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, you're childless by choice. Uh, uh, hey, you, you barren bitch. What's wrong with you? Like, TikTok Michelle. You have nothing in common with your yeah. friends anymore because right. they all have kids. Or like whatever. Like, and I thought it'd be even funnier if it came from other social media outlets. Like, if Yelp started like sending you stuff. Like you said, Amazon started 
Twitch suggesting diapers. That's funny. Hit that harder. Like, like it's other things too. Netflix started suggesting all this other stuff. Like, you know, like if you start getting into other bizarre platforms that don't have anything to do with like shopping, you know, that, that are and, telling you. And it's weird because I buy my plan B from Amazon. Yeah. So they should know better. <laughs> so yeah, I like that. Um, um, I like I, I like that you did a callback with the health insurance and life insurance, but I also thought like at first when you first said the joke, I thought if you really wanted to go dark, it would be like I married him for the insurance. <laughs> life, not health. <laughs> Uh, that that also could have worked. And then the thing about the appliances too. Uh, yeah, of course they ruined it because they didn't want appliances because it's just more work they had to do. They didn't understand that they were going to have robot appliances. Okay, they didn't realize they were going to have electronic slaves. Come on, you know. And then and that's kind of dark. And then you go into there. But I agree with Tony. Um, so a, a tip that I that I that I used to do when I first when I was first a, a year or so in a comedy is I would actually type my jokes out longhand like on the computer, like in Google Docs or whatever word. And then I would highlight all the parts of the joke that I thought were the premise in yellow. And then I would highlight all the parts that I thought were the punchline in green. And then I would rewrite the jokes until there was more green than yellow. And if that means adding more premise tags and adding more punchlines, or if that means shortening up the premise, getting right to the point. If the, if the point of the joke is, my husband's not by me, you know what I mean? Just get right to the point of the joke and like, so you start, so when you type them out longhand like that, you can actually start to visually see and you highlight, okay, this is where I'm going to set up, but then I'm going to set myself up for laugh, laugh, laugh. So it's just a tip if you want to try it. Um, it worked for me. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep it going for Michelle, everybody. Keep it going for Michelle. I want to say, I, I, got a, I got a good question from someone earlier, and I won't say the name, um, but someone asked, they always sometimes get confused by the word clean comedy. What does that mean? So for me, whenever somebody tries to book me for a clean comedy show, I tell them my definition of clean comedy is to see if we're in alignment. And that may be one way. But I also worked with someone who only performed clean. He wasn't like a Christian or anything. He was just clean. And I asked him, what is clean comedy for you? Because I was his opener. You know, I want to make sure. And he said, and this was really helpful to me, anything that you can say on TV, like on like the Tonight Show or anything you can say on late night TV would be considered clean to him. That's, but he's clean working in a club. That's a little bit different from clean in a fundraiser where yep. like one time, Gene Moore, forgive me, Lord Jesus, I did a Republican fundraiser, you know what I mean? And they said, <laughs> and I struggled with that. Hi, Carrie on Gallery. Hello. And I struggled with that because, and I asked a friend, you know, I'm like, I feel guilty. And they said, every coin that they give you, they're not spending against you. So I took the money. But yeah. you had to but, but really. Gene, Gene, I will agree. And I will say, um, clean is whatever the booker yes. tells you it is. Uh, I, I give a show with Randy tomorrow night. You know Randy. Yes. And he'll tell you exactly right up front. You'll do this much time for this much money. You cannot swear. You cannot reference your genitals. You cannot reference drugs. You cannot even reference sex. There will be children in the audience. And that's no problem. You don't have to take his money. Right. You can simply say no. Or you can do it. But I did a clean one a month ago in Yuma, and they said, PG, you can say anything you want. It can be dirty. It can be sexual. Just don't actually say the F word. So I'm like, okay, so it's the booker. It's whoever's paying you. It's whatever. And to me, comedy is all about being subversive anyway. So, I mean, when I did the Republican front, I was still me, but I just had to, like, hide him a little bit. You know what I mean? So Don't justify it, Gene. <laughs> I'm trying to earn money for an Shame ass. I have no you. ass. I feel like I need to save my coins. Fanny packs but... just fall off. Thank you. My fanny pack would fall right off. Thank you. All right. You guys, let's keep the show going. Now, this next one. I adore her so much, and Ernesto always yells at me bad about missaying your, your name. So I'm gonna do it really hard, really hard. Okay, so Celia, no, no, Celia, Celia, Celia Contreras. Yeah. 
Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not dumb. Here you go. Thank you. I love you so much. Well, I got in trouble when I was a teenager, you guys. I read a poster that said it's never too late to do the right thing, so I went home and tried to kill my sister with a coat hanger. Um, the last time I was here, it was actually funny. I wanted it to rain, like I wanted it to snow before I left. And before, the day before, I'm like, God, I just want one flake to fall. And I got my wish the following morning. Senator Jeff Flake's son jumped off the 4th Street Bridge. <laughs> That's just a warning to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> you guys, just because I'm a Costco-sized girl doesn't mean you can come up and grab free samples. <laughs> Granted, not that hard to get a membership. <laughs> you just gotta give me some basic information like your name. Yeah, you can bring a guest, but I don't want a homeless guy showing up at my house saying, yo, Mike sent me. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, there is a boat accident recently. A boat called the Conception, a 75-foot dive boat, actually exploded off the California coast. And they say life begins at Conception, but there's 36 people at the bottom of the ocean who sorely disagree. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to keep it clean. <laughs> I notice a lot of Mexicans have 365 in their Wi-Fi password. I just think it stands for how many days we worked. I also think God is Mexican, because he snuck his way back into my heart, much like my father snuck into this country. Also, he knocked up a teenage girl named Maria. They gave birth to a son named Jesus, who on top of being a carpenter had, what, two, three other jobs? I don't trust people who go to wine tasting parties. Something about people who pay to spit out alcohol. That offends me as a Catholic and an alcoholic. <laughs> Especially if you're atheist, because if you can't swallow the blood of your enemies, what good are you? <laughs> I asked you guys a question. <laughs> Let's see. Clean comedy, clean comedy. <laughs> I also think Mexicans and the hobbits are the same thing. Hear me out. Frodo Baggins took the one job that no one else wanted. He left with two of his cousins, his best friend, and five white supervisors. Their whole mission was to sneak over borders. His uncle was a thief. Not all of us are thieves. But we do have that messed up Theo who messes with reptiles in his spare time. <laughs> you guys, good women are a lot like good ideas. If you want one, you have to think outside the box. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody else is like, what? Let's see. You know, I'm trying to be like more culturally like understanding of different religions and cultures, and I want to know how Jewish people feel when you say Jesus is the king of Jews. <laughs> Sorry. Ernesto flashed himself. Um, so I wonder how Jewish people feel when you say Jesus is the king of Jews, and I came to the conclusion it's how most hipsters feel when you say Budweiser's the king of beers. It's like, no, we'll acknowledge it's beer, but go to hell. All right, you guys, I'm going to leave on a joke from my childhood. Knock, knock. Who's there? CPS. <laughs> so, how long have you been doing comedy? Three years. Three years. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's great. You know, from the three years I've seen you, it's, I remember seeing you like the first day. Yeah, and uh, I think it was the first day. And, and you've grown so much. Yeah, yeah, so thank you very much. Tony. Um, I think you should open with the Costco. That I think that is so. It's such a great 
acknowledge. I would just love when comics start with a joke on themselves because then it allows them to be mean to anyone else they're going to be mean to. And I just think it's a really smart the way you think it's just going to be a oh I'm a big girl joke and then you've got like three buttons on it. So that's what I would open with. Everything else I'm really challenged because on paper I want to say your transitions from joke to joke are kind of awkward and I struggle to understand your words sometimes you don't really enunciate but I also feel like that's exactly your charm and I feel like you know who you are so exactly that I almost don't want to say like your jokes are good enough that I'm willing to really strain to listen so you can sort of take or leave that. I maybe maybe if you could enunciate ten percent more, but not. I mean, it's the same thing I said to Thomas Apolito, who I think we all know and love. No, it's literally just some of the words I'm not really getting, and every word in your jokes are so important. But like I said to Thomas Apolito, people are going to say to you, "You're mush mouth, and you need to enunciate more." Don't listen to them because your charm is that you're like you paint yourself as this big dopey guy, and that's part of his charm, don't you agree? Yeah, and so I don't want, but so I think there's something charming because your act is all singleton jokes that could go in any order. And I kind of like that kind of haha, like awkward beat in between the jokes because that makes me go, this is a sweet lady up here that's just saying these awful things. So I don't know, yeah. Um, I, I think I'm a, similar, which is, well, first, uh, you know I'm gonna give you um, a lot of compliments, um, which is you do write good jokes. Great and jokes. And you do use an economy of words. You have very little yes. setup to get to the punchline. You tell us what the point is, okay? I'm not a Costco, you know, uh, you know, these things, you know, you get right to it, and I like that. So you have uh, good joke writing, and you don't stick with bad jokes. You, If something doesn't work, you change it or you throw it out. You really don't come up with I've never seen you just, like I've seen comics that just can't get rid of a joke that never gets a laugh, and that's not you. So my compliments to you, you write good jokes, you write them very efficiently, but and I'm just gonna steal this from Gary Goldman's writing tips the other day. He talked about when you're doing your set about changing your inflection, and I remember thinking I killed it one time in a 30 minute set, and then Leslie was like, well, well you never really changed your inflection. I'm like, what? And then I watched it, and I'm like, oh, I get it. Um, and so, so he's saying you have this deadpan delivery, and there's nothing wrong with that overall, because that's who you are, but if you could change your body posture, change your voice up and down for some of the jokes, just to let us know um, that uh, yeah you, that you're alive or something, I don't know. But um, I think that's the only thing. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't try and tag your jokes or or tell you how to write because you already do that well. But yeah, some little something right. it's like where a your voice comes change. up right. and down and a little, and then maybe the way I would say is the next time you go out. Pick a joke, just even one or two, and think to yourself, I'm not going to tell this joke tonight. I'm going to perform it. And perform it. Perform it with all your body. Even if that doesn't mean a whole lot of change, you're, you're at the level now where you can start performing yeah. your jokes instead of just telling them. Really good. There's no one that does the thing you do, and that's super, super cool. Yeah. Thank you, Celia. Okay, next comic is uh, Lee Bartlett. All right, hello, yes, I am Lee Bartlett. 
and I'm pretty sure my pharmacist doesn't think I'm attractive <laughs> because every time a medication is going to react negatively with my birth control, he doesn't tell me. So I picture him like filling my script and he's like, oh, these antibiotics are going to make her birth control not work. And then he sees me and he's like, nah, she's, she'll be okay. <laughs> I could have gotten pregnant, Jason the pharmacy tech. But fortunately, you're right, or we would have been in big trouble. So maybe I'd have an easier time if I was better at interacting with people. A couple of weeks ago, I was on my college campus, and for some reason, the vending machine outside my main building has beef with me. We have had a vendetta going for three semesters. I constantly put money in it, and then it does not give me the agreed-upon Cheetos. And that's not fair, because the only person that gets to eat my money is me. <laughs> so last week, it was just one of those days. So I put my dollar in, and it does not dispense my fruit snacks. And something inside of me snapped. So I started flailing my chubby little body against this vending machine. <laughs> if I was ever the star of a viral video, it would have been that moment. And it would have been like, hobbit-looking white girl goes ham on vending machine. <laughs> and of course because of the way the universe feels about me, as I'm just full, ah! my professor from last semester comes out of the building, and she's just like, hey, Lee. And I'm like, hey. She's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, she, she just gives me this look like, why are you like this? And so I definitely did not get a gold star for that social interaction. But it doesn't get much better with people I see every day either. For some reason, the state of Arizona has allowed me to be a student teacher. Yeah, they let me educate the youth. So I was at my student teaching job and I walk into the teacher's lounge where I get to go because I'm a teacher. And I walk in and one of the women in there is like, students can't be in here. I work at an elementary school. <laughs> So normally, I would just stand out offended, because obviously I can't stand for that. But the microwave lives there, and that ham and cheese Hot Pocket was not going to eat up itself. Not that I'm above gnawing on it frozen, but nobody needs to see that. So ultimately, this story ends with me thawing said Hot Pocket under the hand dryer in the bathroom and gnawing on it half frozen. Thumbs up for character development. I am Lee Bartlett. Say mean things to me. Hello, Lee. Where are you from? I'm from Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay, give it up for Lee Bartlett, my love. First thing, how long have you been doing comedy? Um, my first anniversary is next week. Next week, give it to her. Now, let's go over some things. Now, number one, when you came on the stage, I saw you were struggling, and this is from love. Okay, I'm not being bitchy. So what happened is. Whenever you come on the stage, the first thing that you are carrying, you never lose the connection with the audience, but you gotta look at the, at this, and if that's like that, you already should know in advance and just move it. Okay. But the host, this is Ernesto's fault, not yours. The host, <laughs> whenever the host sets, resets the stage, the cord is out so that you can just pop. So we, okay. we apologize okay. for that. We're, we're not union here, we're working it out. So we're doing that. And so the other thing I want to say, and I'm saying this from love, I love the outfit, it all works, but when you're on stage, everything is theatrical and it's for the performance. Yeah. What are you, this is a lot. So when I'm seeing this, I'm like, there's a lot going on there. It's a lot, it's, and I'm not being mean, it's just, it's like, when I see it as an audience member, okay, yeah, 
as an audience member, though, I'm looking at it, I'm like, what's going on here? It's too much. So just be aware. It's not good or bad. It's just that you are, you know, this is part of your performance. So if it doesn't work with your performance, ditch it. So, but you go ahead, Tony. Right, because I think I disagree with that. I actually love this look. You walk up, and then you're going to do the joke about being mistaken for a student. I think yeah. it all totally works for me, but you know, it, whatever, opinions, we all have them. Also, don't be afraid to say to the host, hey, I'm kind of new, can you hand me the mic when I come up? Oh, okay. I don't want to fuck with the stuff. Like, that's yeah. fine. Get to, if, if it's stress, if it's anxiety, do that the next three shows. Um, I think that you, I, here's what I love. You held the mic right here for the entire first set. I could see your cute, sweet face. You, great, great, great. Second half, you switched hands. And the mic was over here for the entire second half. Okay. And I, I suddenly couldn't hear. Yeah. Except for you're close enough that I could hear. But like, mm -hmm. so I was gonna say, look what a pro with the mic. She's got it right, and you're holding it against your, so you can turn everything. And then the second half, you moved it. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I think the the vending machine thing is so funny. How about um, you tell that you went on the machine and there's a, perhaps you've seen the security cam footage with, with, that went viral. It's actually on YouTube under the title Hobbit looking girl goes ham on okay. da, da, da. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, like, yeah. you know what I mean? I feel like that's yeah, a funnier. That's great. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, that was really, I think that, oh, I think the pharmacist, I love the idea of the pharmacist not liking you. If it wasn't the opener, if you started with maybe the, the, the video of the vending machine, and then you were like, and also, I don't think my pharmacist thinks I'm attractive. Now we like you. You're a sweet yeah. girl. We think you're fun. I think what the pharmacist said, instead of, uh, she'll be all right, when he's like, this counteract, antibiotics will negate her birth yeah. control. Oh, she'll be all right. That's kind of a soft insult. Yeah. She'll be all right. I think you should come up with a meaner thing that the pharmacist says about you. Not as an opener, because then we'll be like, aw. Yeah. But now that we like you, and we know that you're making the joke, I think the pharmacist could say something really awful behind your back. Yeah. And it could be a good laugh. So toy with that. Uh, I agree. Um, I actually really like the pharmacist joke. Um, and one of the reasons is, because obviously I love the uh, obsessed with the concept of what's the point of a joke. And yeah. sometimes it's hard to tell. There's no. That the, I love that the point of the joke is also the first line of the joke. I think my pharmacist doesn't find me attractive. You had my attention right away because I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? That's funny to me. I was like, that's a great, interesting premise. And I really liked the way it went. And like he said, um, not just, oh, she might not need it. That's great because that's the point. Um, but like he said, hit, the, hit it harder. Like, you know, like, like for, I mean, the, the fact that the man staked his job on the fact that you weren't going to get laid yeah. is uh, is pretty extreme, actually. You know, his entire livelihood, he could have ended up in the unemployment line. He's like, but <laughs> I'm fairly certain. You know, Why are we wasting birth control on her to begin with? Yeah. <laughs> I've been giving her sugar pills. She doesn't even know. <laughs> I mean, it can't be because he also, it can't be because he filled my toe fungus gel and my cold sore medication. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. that. Yeah, so, so good joke, good premise. You just keep adding. And the yeah. same um, with the professor. You, I, I like this joke, right? And um, I'm going to get into two pieces and then, which is the end, um, there really isn't an end um, mm -hmm. yet. And so, but that's okay. Because you're, like you said, and your professor just comes out and is like, why you like that? And Tony kind of said earlier, we don't give, we, as a comedian, you don't leave people with why, you give them answers, right? Okay. And so you almost, if you're going to leave, 
if you're going to have the part of the joke with her kind of looking at you and saying that, you have to have an answer. And it's okay. got to be funny. Right. But Which go, could why? Be, because I'm, I'm yeah. whatever it is, yeah. I, I don't want to write your punchline for oh, you. Oh, yeah. but, then, but, but here, call my pharmacist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, that's really good. That's yeah. why he's Tony Tripoli. And, and, and so... Um, and, and, the, and I really like what Tony pointed out. So I'm just going to say this just because it's just joke theory. When he says, when you said, like, oh, I could be in one of those viral videos, one of the great funny premises uh, concepts of comedy I ever heard was Doug Stanhope who says, it's only funny if you actually do it. Now, he was referring to practical jokes that they would talk about doing. He's like, well, it's only funny if you actually do it. But I found that that translates to jokes. Don't ever say could have, would have, might have. Just say you did it. It's your performance. It's your mic. Yeah. It's your stage. Just say, like what he said. So I ended up in a viral video because it's funny to the audience that it happened. It doesn't yeah. matter that it didn't happen. They don't know my business. In re but the way the joke is, the narrative is it did happen, and that's always funnier to an audience than, you know what I should have said or could have did or might have happened. No, always just say, here's what happened or this is what I did, and that's just funnier. And, but other than that, great work. Thanks. Awesome. It's awesome. Thank you. Make some noise and show your love. Thank you so much. Let's keep it going for Matt, Matt Blair, everybody. It's Matt Blair. There he is. Thank you. Big Pine, how we doing? Yeah. Woo -woo. I'm excited to be here. I want to do a quick shout out to all the white people in Flagstaff. Sure, a lot of them. I also want to do a quick shout out to the three black people that are in town for the comedy festival. <laughs> anyway, I like to hold the mic just like this, right? That way, ladies can stare directly into the belly of the beast. It's a matter, Noni, you just get goosebumps. You don't have to be startled. Beauty's here to tame beast. Call her beauty because this one's inked. But you weren't expecting beauty and the beast to be at a comedy show. But they're here. <laughs> My arms look like a heroin addict's wet dream. <laughs> so when I die, I'm going to donate my body to science. That way, doctors can transplant my arms to a heroin junkie. That way, my arms don't die in vain. <laughs> I feel pretty good about that joke. Um, <laughs> Twas. Twas Thanksgiving, 2017, in the year of our Lord. There was a pungent aroma of cannabis permeating the air. My brothers and I had just smoked a blunt. The turkey was almost ready. But then I noticed a man, a strange man, overlooking my apartment patio. I thought to myself, huh, probably wants one of two things, maybe some weed or a plate of food. I was feeling kind, you know. Thanksgiving. So I stepped outside. I was like, hey, what's up, bro? Could I help you out with like a plate of food, my man? And I'll never forget what he said. He's like, no. I was actually wondering if you could look something up online for me. Look something up online. I was too curious to say no. I was like, what do you want to know, man? He's like, I want to know how old Ozzy Osbourne is. <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll tell you how old he is, but let's play a little game. You guess how old Ozzy is, I'll guess how old he is. Whoever's closest wins the game. He's like, all right, what are we going to play for? I'm like, well, if you win, I'll give you a free blunt. But if you lose, I'm going to make you wash my car. He's like, all right. 
67. I guess 64. Sure enough, Ozzy was 67 years old. Guy nailed it. But I lied to the homeless man. And I gave him fake news. After all, how is he going to fact check me without access to the internet? <laughs> He's not, right? <laughs> so I made him wash my car. All in all, Thanksgiving was great in 2017. I haven't told that story in a while, but I wanted to since Thanksgiving's coming up. Um, it's weird getting older. Um, been kind of in denial about it until recently. Um, I was at Cafe Zupa's getting some lunch, and there's this old man in front of me with gigantic ears. He looked like one of them goblins from the Harry Potter movie. But he couldn't hear anything anyone was saying to him. And I was like, that's messed up, man. As you get older, your ears get bigger, but your hearing gets worse. That makes no sense. <laughs> But ever since then, I've noticed my ears, they seem to be growing at an alarming rate. I'm starting to look more and more like that idiot kid from the Mad TV magazine, Alfred E. Newman, especially when I smile. <laughs> um, there's more to this joke, but I'll just end it there, because I know other people want to go up. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I, all right, so I have known you for a while, and we always talk about the same thing. It's that first joke is how, what is the way for you to overcome what the audience assumes about you? Because when you walk on stage, we see this big guy, handsome, deep voice, you look a little intimidating, maybe even a little mean, right? And so I'm always like, you, like I love when you open with, I'm 6'2", you probably notice I'm tall, I'm 6'2". He has this great joke, I'm six foot two inches, and then he says, but those are two different measurements. And it totally, by accumulating yourself, that's such a great first joke for you. Because then I go, oh, you're not the douchebag I thought you might be. This plays right into the thing that we don't want you to be. So it's funny, but I just don't think it's good at the top of the act in a room full of people that don't know you, because I think it's making people think that you're the person that you're not. Does that, does that make sense? So it's weird. Um, I maybe would have started when grabbing the mic with, "Twas Thanksgiving, 2017," because I don't, you don't look like a guy that's going to open with "twas." So I'm already you've now challenged my misconceptions about you, right? So um, and then I just I think that I really like the story, but then the ending of the story is that what you looked it up and he was right, but you lied to him and said he guessed wrong so you'd wash your car, and I. Yeah, I think, I, did, I didn't, I was like, so you, he got it right at 67, but you told him that you were right, which, because he can't fact check it, because he doesn't have a home. That feels a little mean, and then you made him wash your car. I think you can come up with a funnier ending to that story that would be 90% true, but then you can have a funnier punchline, because I was really riveted by that story, and I think that would be a great start. And then you could do next, yeah, yeah, I am kind of a jerk sometimes, like, if, I, if you catch me holding the mic like this, yeah, it's just because I want to. Then it's like you're kind of acknowledging that you can be a jerk, but we have found something likable in you. So I think maybe flipping those might help. 
figure it out, right? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to mostly echo what Tony said, uh, just the vulnerability aspect. So it's like, well, okay, why should I care about... This is something that every audience member is subconsciously thinking about any comedian. They'll say, why do I care about what this person's saying, right? Um, and so if you make yourself vulnerable in some way, like you said, it, it's something that when you come up and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm tall and good looking and i got big muscles. All right. But 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 like but where's the part where we're making fun of you? Like I need to know that you're willing to put some skin in the game and laugh at yourself. My elephant in the room. No, we can. There's no elephant. We can see it. You're you're an in. Yeah. Oh well, but but you but you've got to find something to put after it to make fun of yourself. Like you got to find a way to like not just. I'm in better shape than most of the people in the room. You know what I mean? Like, so just yeah, find a way to make yourself vulnerable. I like like you talked about like the small dick joke or whatever. Um, and so, because it just comes off maybe a little arrogant. Um, and then the Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, but um, oh, ultimately, well, you start off kind of like real arrogant, and then yeah, and then you punch down on um, people who are addicted and sick. Um, so that, and, and so, and then the same with the Thanksgiving story. I mean, it starts off like, oh, where are we gonna go? And then I thought like you were the one who was wrong. I'm like, oh, you were wrong. So you're gonna there's gonna be something funny. And you're like, no, I just screwed a homeless guy out of this something and by lying so it's like oh so then the joke ends with like you're a liar um and you're and you're mean to um poor people yeah like i don't I, i'm not gonna lie i don't like that like i i don't like blame so you got to find a way to like punch it yourself enough to make it okay you know what i mean like because it's a true story Right, like it's a roughly. A I mean, like, what if the homeless guy ate? Yeah. You, you, he won, and so you give him a big plate of food, and he was like, "Those are the worst mashed potatoes I've ever had in my life." Yeah, or at least give like, him this the blunt. is a man who eats many of his meals, like in a shelter, and he's, <laughs> my homemade mashed potatoes aren't good enough for your discerning yeah, yeah, yeah. palate. Like, 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 yeah, somewhere you got to find like the relatable part yeah. of it, because or else it's just like, oh, you're being mean to um, someone who's poor. Um, uh, and lying to them to do it. So yeah, but if you can find a way to like, even if you're sharing the blunt with them, or yeah, like he's ripping on the food, or um, I don't know, or something, uh, or even if you were gonna go super mean, you're like, you know what? I return that. I wash. I felt bad. I washed his shopping cart. I mean, like that's horrible. Yeah. But at least it's like where you where you made yourself um, not just like think that maybe like you and your brothers tape bum fights. Please tell me you guys don't tape bum fights. Okay. <laughs> No, but but you but you lied to him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because jokes just have that seed of truth, right? And then whatever sprouts in any different direction out of it. I've had jokes that I thought were like super funny and didn't work because I realized I was being super mean to my ex-wife. And then I realized I'll just take the conversation, put it in reverse, and then I made it instead of me saying that mean thing to her, I made her saying the mean thing to me, and then everyone laughed. It still comes from a true place. That's where the joke was born out of truth. But when I tell it on stage, I, I realized I need to make me the butt of the joke or else people were like, oh, so you're just some middle-aged white guy who was bitching about his wife. And I'm like, yeah, but, but, but if I turned herself. it around, he was not yeah. here to defend herself. But when I turned it around and made it against me, oh, okay, now it's a funny joke. Even though that's not 100% true of how it happened, it was born out of truth and then it was funny. Flip it around. Make yourself the sort of the butt of the joke and it'll be good. Yeah, good job on that. All right, let me fix this, Jane, because, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, coming to the stage, of, oh, I told you I'd forget from here to there. Uh, Zach Lyman. Hello, happy to be here. I am Zach Lyman. 
professional moving the mic stand. I'm doing it. Here we are, Big Pine Ear Sound Guy. I'll give you that. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Recently lost 25 pounds. Thank you. People say, Zach, how'd you do it? Did you do the keto? Was it the keto? What about the brown rice? Soup? A lot of soup? Uh, no, I just got liver disease. I got liver disease. I always love doing that joke in bars. Starts with a hell yeah, and it ends with he's younger than me. Uh, <laughs> why work out when you can get incredibly ill? That's what I'm saying, you know? I did change up my diet. I don't know if any vegans in the house? Let's talk about them. I, uh, I think vegans are up to something, I do. Uh, I changed up my diet. I cut dairy out of it. I just been putting vegetable oil in my cereal, and I am uh, I'm dying. I have liver disease. I um, this is the joke that I really this is the end one that I really want to get you guys' notes on. Uh, that was just to warm up the crowd after you just uh, insulted a bunch of comics, and I uh, <sighs> comics and criticism. They're like, but why me? And I'm like, you signed up. I don't know. I. Uh, um, uh, I always wanted to work at NASA. I always did. Uh, NASA said, uh, no longer email us. You know, that's where I'm at with that. I, I don't know. I've always, growing up, I was like, I'm going to do something engineering. I'm going to build some stuff. And somehow I just fell into comedy. And that's, I don't, it's just a weird idea to me that, like, I think NASA could save a bunch of money. I really do. By hiring anxious people like me. You know, because anytime I have a day job, I'm just laying in bed at home being like, did I roll that burrito right? Did I do it how my manager taught me? And I just picture myself at NASA being like the day before launch, just laying in bed being like, my name's going to be on that ship and they're going to go to outer space. Like I'm doing my own research, just putting in the off hours, you know, and then I'm just like scheduling 6 a.m. meetings with the team that doesn't like me because I keep scheduling 6 a.m. meetings, just busting in the door, being like, all right, Gregory, listen to me, man. Listen to me. I was doing the research last night, and we're going to get miles away from the Earth, okay? Miles away, and uh, we got to check out those vents. Uh, listen, what if there's space squirrels, guys? What if there's space squirrels and they get in those vents and they start tearing apart the CPUs? You know, just really getting in there, and then Jerry and the gang can't come home with their rock samples, you know? So I think I'm a value. Uh, so if you could send my resume to NASA, that'd be helpful. Uh, that's where that ends right now. I'm Zach Lyman. These are my jokes. Tony. That was dynamite. That was oh, really thank you, great. Tony. Um, I'm wondering if, when you say I lost 25 pounds, yeah. if you go and everyone's always like, oh, I want to do that. How? Was it brown? If, maybe if you say, I want to do that first, okay. and then it's like, it's liver disease. And they're like, I don't, I don't want yeah, that. I don't like, want to do that. Yeah, right, yeah, I think okay. that might just ratchet it up like 2%. Okay. Um, and I think, I think you're, you, again, you, have, you know exactly who you are on stage. Thank you. I love the way you kind of are like half yelling. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I love yeah. all of it. I'm wondering, so this is, I'm going to make a mean joke about you, but it's all with love, right? It's uh, okay. I expect nothing else I think from when you, you say, um, my whole, my whole t life dream was to work at NASA. I mean, look at me. I've got these glasses and these teeth. How do I not work at NASA? Okay. All right. 
Do you know how many uh, pockets they're clapping? So no, I, you know, I feel like I'll look can, in the mirror later. No, 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 I, uh, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Like, I don't, no, you I can lean into like your like I look like I look like yeah, such yeah, yeah. a nerd. I should have like, put my headshot on my resume. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I just think it's so. Uh, okay. If you literally screamed at the audience, I've got these glasses on these seats. How the fuck do I not work at NASA? Like, I think yeah, that would yeah, get yeah. A huge... This only hurts a little. I, uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, no, you I can see tell. It. You're like, you can even ask the audience. If I told you I worked at NASA, yeah. you would have oh, believed okay. me. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't yeah. even believe me. I like me. that. Like, maybe like if I was on a date and I was like, I work at NASA. You know, like that kind of. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I look like the guy that no one listens to, who's like, they're gonna ignite on re-entry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm that guy. Where's my name tag? Like, I should have clearance. <laughs> I think if you're really incensed that you don't work okay. there, you can be like in a rage about it, and okay. we will love that. Okay, I yeah. get that. Thank you, I appreciate that. I like Thank that. You. Uh, I like uh, when uh, I think uh, I, you, I've already, I know, you know, I've seen you. I love you. Uh, it's just the I liver disease. Too. I love where if you would have even suggested other illnesses that other people yeah. might get, like you know what, you don't have to be liver disease. You could try and suggest other yeah. heinous diseases. I think that might be funny. Okay. The vegetable oil. I mean, if you want to lose really more than funny. eighty pounds, you're gonna yeah. have to go colon cancer. Yeah. But <laughs> from just like a twenty-five livers where it's at. <laughs> livers. Yeah. I'm Giard- crushing it with a liver. Giardi is a quick fix. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, Biotics is give it two weeks though. Oh, I uh, forgot to do the tag. I do like shirts still fit the same. That's like usually <laughs> what I it's a little thing. Okay, I mean, like leukemia will get you yeah. skinny, but then the chair weighs yeah, so much, yeah. so it's kind yeah. of a wash. Hair loss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing I wanted to hear about was is a little more about what types of things you like. You had all these anxiety things that you would get obsessed about at NASA, but I'd like to hear yes. at least one or two examples. I think the, the burrito one was good, but I think you, like a couple more examples of your daily life. Just of the walk things, them more. Uh, yeah, of, like, of, of, of just the things that literally of, of bizarre ass shit that might actually give you anxiety. Okay. Uh, to, to like get me ready for that. But yeah, I loved it. Just like checking the door a couple times before I lock it, type of like. All right, you guys are good to go. I uh, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. But like doing right, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Can I give you guys some criticism? Can I? Wait, yes. 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 Okay. We want this show yeah, to be yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, you guys were too nice. At the beginning, I was watching you guys do. You guys were just. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, that's not gonna help anyone. And. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're like, you held the microphone. I'm like, yeah, we got that. I, uh, uh, Chris, keep wearing hats. I like you in hats. That's a new thing. Tony, I was hoping you'd be Tanner, but that's also fine. There's still the weekend. Uh, that's all I got. Oh, and uh, oh, also give the mic guy, uh, give the sound guy a microphone. He's also very funny. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Come on, give it up for Zach. Zach Lehman, everybody. Zach Lehman, that was. We, that's a first. We've never had been criticized. Thank you. We all need it. We have survey cards that we'll fill out, so thank you. All right, is Samantha Hernandez in the room? Samantha Hernandez? Savannah, okay. Let me do it right. Let me do it right. You go over there, okay. Coming to, tell me where you're from, my love. Coming to the stage from Phoenix, Arizona, it's Samantha Hernandez. There she is. It's Savannah. Savannah. your I walked backwards. That was embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. I'll try to recover from that. What's up? I'm Savannah Hernandez. Uh, I feel like you can tell a little bit about me just by looking at me, right? Like, no one in this room was like, whoa, that girl knows how to party. I think you're more like, oh, that girl knows the cat adoption process. (laughs) And I do. (laughs) I have adopted cats because 
The doctor said I couldn't have cats of my own, so. <laughs> Went the adoption route. I, uh, I lost some weight recently. I decided to lose some weight because uh, I can no longer convince myself it was just baby fat. Uh, my fat had a mortgage and I drank black coffee. It was adult fat. <laughs> Move on out. Um, and I, ha I did lose some weight, but I realized I'm still kind of out of shape because the other day I had a nightmare that for a date, a guy asked me to go on a hike. And that was the nightmare. Uh, that was the whole bad, like nothing bad happened. He was just like, hey, wanna hike Camelback? I was like, no! <laughs> the horror. So now I'm trying to get in shape a little bit. Uh, just to the point where when I tell a guy I like Taco Bell, he just assumes it's like a quirky personality trait. <laughs> He's like, oh, you eat a lot. <laughs> like a hot Garfield. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> nailed it. When I, uh, when I changed out my diet, I came across a lot of weird recipes, and I came across a recipe just called depression cake, uh, which is interesting, because in all Meyer's experience, any cake is a depression cake <laughs> when you eat the whole thing. <laughs> you call it a baking sheet, I call it a plate, you know? And you gotta eat it quickly, too. You gotta eat it fast, because there's a voice inside you panicking, like, eat this now or you'll remember middle school. So <sighs> shove it down. Uh, a lot of people get concerned when I tell that joke. <laughs> they look really stressed out. But the truth is, all of us have stress eaten. Stress eating is the only way any of us make it through Thanksgiving. Food is there, so when you walk into your racist uncle's household and you're staring at a statue of Newt Gingrich's toad body and he's painting a mural of the NRA on the wall and there's a ham radio blasting conspiracies about Barack Obama's birth certificate, you can grab a hold of a crate of sweet Hawaiian rolls, shove them down, try and forget that day ever happened. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. That's all I have. That's me, Savannah Hernandez. Savannah, um, how long have you been doing comedy? Seven months. Seven months, wow. yeah. Damn, girl. Okay, you do not look enough like a pathetic loser cat lady to open with that. Okay. I think you look very Completely disagree. and fresh and hip. Thank you. And, and so I think it's such a great opening joke. I think maybe it's not... I look like a girl who knows how to party. I think there's maybe something else. Like, right, yeah. I know you might be thinking, oh, she seems like a, like a lazy millennial that doesn't care, that has no passion. Or I think you can play up your youngness, maybe. I don't know, just try it. I just thought, this is a very pretty young girl who looks way cooler than me, who I do think you would know how to party, but whatever. Um, but the cat adoption is so fucking funny, because I can't have Thank cats you. of my own. Taco <laughs> Bell, so, so funny. Um, when you say... The, oh, nightmare. What? Oh, yeah. Try it. I don't know. If you're like, oh, I want to tell you guys about a horrible nightmare. Is that okay? Like, I don't want to, like, trigger anybody, okay? It's gross. All right. <laughs> I had a nightmare. Like, I think if you preface it with that, we're going to think it's, like, something rapey or violent or awful. And then when you're like, that a guy called me and asked me on a date to go hiking. Yeah. Like, that was the whole dream. Like, I think you'll get, a, I think you can misdirect it more and ratchet up the horror of it. Right. And then I also think that any cake is a depression cake um, if you're crying in an empty bathtub while you eat it with your bare hands. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I think right. it, instead of eat the whole thing, I think you can. It needs to be bigger. Yeah. yeah. And so, that, but dynamite. Seven months, dynamite. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't agree more. I, I like the opener. I don't know. Are you wearing cucumber slice earrings? Yeah. Yeah, you have a little narc face, so it's great. I mean, you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely, you definitely look like you know where the party is, and you're gonna probably call the cops. Like, if it gets too loud. <laughs> That's like, good. That's really good. Yeah. So, um, I thought the baby fat joke was great. Um, I think you could, you could leave it as short as that. You could even add more. Um, I, I think it's a lot of fun. I, uh, the hiking joke is good. I, I nothing wrong with it. But if you wanted to give options of what um, would be your dream date. Because um, you can make that pretty weird. Because you obviously probably do odd stuff. Like you could even tie it in and go t- like Taco Bell would be my dream date, or, or you know, or other types of things. Thought uh-huh. that was great. And then the other one, um, I think the uh, Thanksgiving one is newer. Yes. And I can tell that's okay because it's because uh, you got very descriptive language up front, and you're painting a very vivid picture of this racist uncle's house and the things that are going on. And I've been there, and I think many of people have been in that house. Um, I think one direction you could go would be to. Um, because what you didn't really address was a lot of the stress eating uh, or how fun that could be or how exaggerated that could be. So maybe when he's like doing these things and painting the stuff and having the things, but it's like if each one of those then triggered some type of stress eating, then the Newt Gingrich photo, so then I, you know, jamming turkey legs down my thing, you know, and then this, and so then I did this, and then as it escalates up, and now he's putting a mural of the NRA doing this yeah. on the wall. I, I, I had Hawaiian rolls, I'm stuffing them in my ears so I don't hear the hammer, you know, like, or whatever. Yeah. Like, where if you just keep juxtaposing uh, and get into more of the stress eating part, but, yeah, uh, but it's very, but it's got legs, right? It's a good joke. Thank you. A lot of Thanks. fun. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, let's keep this rolling. Ben Kaufman. Oh, this goes back here. So I had a fun milestone uh, in my mid-20s recently. I just found out my best friend is the worst. He's the worst. Give it up, guys, right? Oh, yeah. It's that best friend. We were like five years old, and our only commonality was like, you like baseball? I like baseball. Friends. And we just rode that into our 20s to one day we were going to go going to get Chinese food one day, and they yell racial slur in traffic, and they're like, oh, we're done. Whoops, right? My best friend just stopped talking to me because I started seeing a girl that he had dibs on. (laughs) This is a grown man with a mortgage in his own name. And the last thing he said to me was he was extremely disappointed in my life choices. And I was like, Aaron, it's extremely disappointing that that tablet I got you for Hanukkah is used only for snorting cocaine now. Uh, It was a little disappointing when you cracked the screen. It was extremely disappointing when you showed it to my house at 2 a.m. complaining that the eye snort won't connect. Right, but you know who has the worst luck with best friends in the history of best friends? Ahmad Rashad. Right? Played, exactly, yeah. Played in the NFL for 10 years, he did Sports Center for 10 years, and had a very public engagement to Felicia Rashad, Clara Huxtable on The Cosby Show. Now, they got married in 1985, and they decided to keep the ceremony small. It was their two best friends and a judge. And their two best friends in 1985 were O.J. Simpson and Bill Cosby. And remember, this is 1985. Cosby shows the number one show in the country. O.J. just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. These are three of the biggest stars in the United States, and Ahmad Rashad gets to meet them. 
right? Now, supposedly, the day of the wedding, both of these men pulled Ahmad Rashad aside and gave him a talk about how he needed to treat his new wife with respect. Now, can we imagine the balls on 1985 Bill Cosby to just look another grown man dead in the eyes and go, listen here, young man, if you do to her what I wanted to do to her, I'm gonna do to you what I wanted to do to her, okay? Watching you. What did OJ say? Marriage is all about forgiveness. Nicole and I always talk it out before bed. That's our secret. Who's their wedding DJ? The Zodiac Killer? Jesus. Um, what I love about capitalism is it makes us all work terrible jobs. Uh, so I've, I've been working in food for like 10 years, so I have a lot of terrible job history. My favorite, favorite job delivering food was I delivered subs for a 24-hour subway. If you'd like to know who orders a big Philly double meat, double cheese at 6 in the morning, it's strippers. It's exclusively strippers. <laughs> Candy with an eye, heart over the eye, tips big. She was great. Uh, one time I thought it was going to be a stripper, and then I, the woman opened the door, and this is a woman that is only wearing Walmart shirt, smiley face button, fupa, no pants, no underwear, socks and shoes. And she was like, sorry, it's been a long day. As if that justifies... Like, just opening the door, no pants to a complete stranger. Uh, the worst job I ever had was Applebee's. Uh, I got fired the first minute of the first shift at Applebee's. Uh, I didn't have the right shirt, and I walked in not knowing that, and they said, get out, you have the wrong shirt. Uh, and that frustrated me because I know about the Secret Service. I'm seeing blank faces, I'll explain. Right, like, I, I went to the Secret Service Museum in the eighth grade in Washington, D.C., and the first thing that the Secret Service tells you about itself is that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated the same day the Secret Service started the job. And, like, I just brought the wrong shirt. Like, they got to, they failed the primary objective of an 18th century Tom Clancy novel, and then they kept getting to do that job for 200 years. And it's not like they haven't messed it up like before. I'm Ben Coffin. You guys have been fantastic. Okay, so excellent, right? Like, really good jokes, like, super polished, really great control. I think you were going a little too fast, huh. just for me personally, but you might... First thing I thought of. Was it was too fast? Slow down. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like you're acting like these aren't great jokes. And these are great jokes, so let us fucking, let us love Milk them. them a little? Well, let us love them. Like, okay. take a breath, dude. Like, it, it was, I, they're so good. Like, you're going to get laugh halfway through the punchline, and then another laugh when you get to the end of the punchline. Like, so, yeah, I would just say if you could just slow down by, like, a yeah. third. Yeah. But without changing a thing. I think Bill Cosby, this is kind of hacky, but I think you could get a big laugh on it if you're, like, if he, I feel like, did he just pull him over and be like, if you want to do to her what I'm going to do, we'll do, we'll do uh, Jello pudding pop. And like, you know what I mean? You get a laugh. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't know if he said that, but I'm pretty sure he probably did. Like, you know what I mean? They paid him a lot of money. Um, and then the, this is so gross, but like when she, the horrible, I mean, I think you could paint a picture of her being more horrible when she answers the door. And like, but when her whole thing is what, it's been a long day. And you're like, not as long as your navel. I shouldn't have to see that. I shouldn't have to see that. Um, I love it, that. Yeah, okay. just whatever, yeah. play with it. But that was dynamite. Uh, I agreed. Uh, you're writing smart jokes. Um, one way to do it, I tried doing this to myself, and I, I, I want to keep telling my jokes, right, is let's say you're going up to um, a show and someone books you, and they tell you you got seven minutes. And you know what it's seven minutes. Do you know how many jokes you can get in the seven minutes, right? You've been doing this a while? Yeah, I need to bring it down a No, little. write a five-minute set. Take what you think is a five-minute set 
and there's gonna be a ton of anxiety because you're like, but, what am I gonna do? And it's gonna force you to slow down. And I've done this to myself, and it's stressful. And I should do it more. But uh, that's a good way to, to help yourself slow down and stretch out in these jokes. Just stretch out in them. Breathe. You'll find even more tags and stuff as you're on stage as you're slowing down. Um, uh, the best friend stuff. I just thought uh, jump into it faster, like with a harder point of the joke, which is, do you have a best friend that you hate, or do you ever like something like that, like something? But I like the joke, and I like the concept of the dibs. Um, I like the uh, stripper um, ordering the food because they burn a lot of calories. So I think maybe mention that. Yeah, they're know, hungry uplift, after 12 uh, hours. Up, like uplift it, yeah. The, yeah, and maybe mention some of the things that you might do to burn that many calories. Up, up, exalt a stripper is what I'm saying. Make sure she's not, you know. And then I, just this might be a tag or not, but like you said, this woman had a fupa but no underwear, I think. Yeah. I suspect. Yeah, I suspect. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been swallowed in there. Uh, but other than that... Uh, uh, oh, and then my Matt stores, um, 19th century, uh, not 18th, yeah. uh, but other than that, <laughs> uh, just slow down, man, I love the jokes. All right, thank you, guys. Keep it going for Ben Kaufman, everybody, and let's keep it going. But before I bring up the next comedian, I just want to do a, a, a attendance check. Hector G and Alice, are you in the room? Hector and Alice? Okay, good, we're moving on. Okay, no further ado, coming to the stage from Arizona, it's The Wolf. There he is, guys, make some noise right now, The Wolf. All right, who else is here from the res tonight? Thank you. Um, so I grew up a little bit poor, and it's really crazy to hang out with a lot of different people. I hang out with uh, different races, and it's just funny that we all think we're poorer than the last people, right? So I was hanging out with some of my white friends, and they're like, you know what? We grew up poor, bro. I was like, yeah? They're like, yeah. When we were little, we just got slip and slide. I told my dad I wanted Crocodile Mile. All he got us was slip and slide. My Mexican friend chimes in and is like, you had a fucking slip and slide? Oh, sorry, language. <laughs> you had a slip and slide? Dude, all we had growing up was a tarp that my uncle would throw dish soap on and then we'd wet and we'd slide down that. And I looked at them, I was like, dude, you had a tarp? We didn't even have water, bro. <laughs> he had to go to the well, carry that back to the house, Grandma would get mad if we wasted it, you know. But it's always funny to see those different aspects. I mean, my grandma, whenever I, my, uh, my grandma always got like government assistance food, you know. When I was little, I didn't know my grandmother was poor. I thought my grandma was a retired astronaut because all of her food said USDA on it. <laughs> I thought that was the United States Department of Aerospace. Whenever I go to her house, man, and we'd eat this government food, um, I always liked, uh, if you guys don't know, you know, they always had this peanut butter, right? And this peanut butter was the toughest stuff on earth. You had to mix oil and water in that stuff. One time I was trying to make a sandwich, that peanut butter tore my bread and a piece of the table. <laughs> my mom's house was falling, my grandmother's house was started falling apart. My uncle started using that peanut butter for stucco on the house. <laughs> One day, this giant storm came through, knocked down, knocked down majority of the house. The only thing left standing were those peanut butter walls. I heard a comedian talking about it earlier, man. Government cheese, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? That big block of cheese? Man, that was the best stuff on earth, man. It's the only food that I know that would deep fry itself when it cook it. I mean, that cheese had a higher fat content than me. 
And I always admired how it came, you know, it was in like this, it, didn't, it, it was hiding who it was, you know, it was like this cardboard box, like it was airdropped in, you know, Black Ops style, you know. My grandfather was in World War II, he told me when we ran out of bullets, we grabbed that cheese. Flicked it at him, you know. But yeah, it's crazy. So now, I, I grew up poor, and I think that's it for me right now. I'm just kind of working on some new stuff, so thank you guys. Nice. I, okay, what about, what if the first thing you say when you get on stage is, so did anybody else here grow up poor? Because then, if no one did, it's like, oh, whatever, I, you know, well, based on the cars in the parking lot, I think you're lying, or whatever, whatever you, or if they do, it's like, no, you're white, you don't know what poor is. I grew up on the res, like, we were so poor, we wished we were as wealthy as Mexicans. Do you know what I mean? And then you can be like, because like white people complain like, oh, I wanted this crocodile, da, 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 but all I got was a slip and slide. Da, da. And then Mexicans will say, well, well, all we had was this. And then I would say, right? I yeah. think that that would be a, a really great sort of uh, engaging opening. Um, but yeah, su super funny. I mean, I love all the USDA and all that stuff. It's fun. It's like you find this is painful yeah. stuff and you're finding ways to talk about stuff that's hard to talk about. I don't think you need to worry about making it relatable to non-natives. The more other you make it, as long as it's funny, I think we're going to totally get on board with the lesson. Yeah, it's funny, and it's your truth, yeah. and, I, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're being clear. Right. People can, you're, 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 you're very descriptive with your words, and you paint a very nice picture. Right. Um, and so uh, I don't think you have to worry about that. I like the slip and slide joke. It's just missing the punchline yet because it's new. But because I think it needs a name um, for whatever it is you had. I don't know if it was because there was nothing. It was just the ground. It was just a trip and die where you're just throwing yourself on the ground. You know, we didn't have a slip and slide. We just threw ourselves to the dirt. We, we had and a scrape called and it a scream. Game, and we called it this, the scrape and scream yeah. or something. Like, but you'll, you'll find it, but like, you call it something else and describe the actions behind it and what you did and, and why and how painful it was. I think that was great. I thought the, the stuff with the food and the peanut butter, the one that came in the big white can, right? Like yeah. with the plastic lid, that stuff was awful. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, government well, issued. It was a rich, uh, well-off kids got Peter Pan peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. I got tin can peanut butter. Those are what I forgot. Yeah, yeah, tin yeah. Tin can peanut butter, that's what it was. Yeah, it was a tin um, can. But other than that, I mean... I mean, like I said, it's very descriptive. Uh, I think it's very relatable. Just keep finding the, you know, just keep, you know, like I said, keep finding those extra punchlines. Uh, write down three or four or five, and then, like you did with me, right. <laughs> and like, after my set, and then just try them all and see which one or two works and build it up. Like nothing, nothing delicious comes in a container that big. Present company excluded, ladies. <laughs> like I think you can, right? Like yeah, I think you can get, you can have fun with. Yeah. yeah, I mean you have a good, you have a, you're very self-aware yeah. up there, I, and, and this is just, and, and I'll also what? make you go in your mouth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll also stick to the roof of your mouth. I don't know something that's like, yeah, yeah. The uh, the non-food uses that you found for food is very funny. Uh, you could you could do two or three, four more, and I'd probably still be laughing. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. you got the. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd say try as many as you can. Because there's also such a, there's a thing as a rule three that comics get hung up on, but there's also, uh, and I wish Steve Maxwell were here to, here to me to sing his praises, the list Red joke. Piece. The list joke is, it gets, kind of goes out of vogue after a while, but list jokes are great. When you can rattle, anything that's six or more is like, a, you know, when you get up to six, that's like, that's a fun list joke. You know? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Guys. Thank you.
you, Wolf. Um, okay, next comedian is uh, Pete Jordan. Flagstaff, what's up? Cool, a lot of energy, great, that's nice. Cool, we're not burnt out, right? You guys, uh, this is my like, fourth time in Flagstaff. I'm from South Phoenix. That's right. Cool, one person, also from South Phoenix. Uh, I've only been here four times. Uh, reason being is because I am Mexican. We come here for vacation and special occasions. I've only been to four weddings that uh, were up here. It was pretty nice. Pretty, pretty nice. I am Latino. Um, that means I grew up eating the typical staples, beans, rice, tortillas. But every once in a while, my mom would make something special. Just for us boys, she'd whip something up right out of the cupboard. That dish was called Hamburger Helper. I don't know if any one of you are familiar with that shit, but it is delicious. I, uh, I will lap it up off the ground, I'll lap it up out of anywhere, I don't care. And uh, when, when you walked into my mom's house and you smelled Hamburger Helper cooking, something good happened. Someone got something, honor roll, a promotion, <laughs> parole, something right here. Yeah, something good happened, you know? And uh, I was dating this girl once, I went to her house, uh, walked in, and poof, hit me in the face, right? I was like, whoa, it triggered like my reward system, like a heroin addict trying to score. I walk in, I'm like, what are you, what are you cooking? She's hamburger, as if I didn't know it was already beef stroganoff. Uh, you know, I, like, I already knew, I already knew. I went, what are you cooking? She's like, hamburger helper. I'm like, hamburger helper? Oh, what did you do to deserve that? She's like, what? I don't get paid till next week, weirdo. And I realized exactly how sad my childhood was right then and there. Um, I have Hamburger Helper twice a week now. All I had to do was marry a white woman. That's it, and you can have it as much as you want. All right, should have read the room. This is Flagstaff. That joke smacks way harder down in Phoenix. Uh, I'll move right along. Uh, abuse, let's talk about abuse, abusive relationships. Next, next month is Domestic Violence Abuse Awareness. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Let's give it up for the awareness of domestic violence. It's there, we're aware of it. Not too loud, right? Let's not trigger anybody. They have a ribbon, it's black and blue. I don't know if you've seen it on bumper stickers I have. Uh, I was in an abusive relationship once in fifth grade. It was very difficult. Um, it's always the victim that announces they were in an abusive relationship, right? It's never the person inflicting the yeah. abuse. You never hear like, I'm in an abusive relationship. Oh my God, what happened? Ah, oh, that bitch got out of line, so I smacked her around. Like you never, right? Isn't that weird? There's two sides to every story, huh? I'd like to hear the other side. But yeah, I was in this relationship with this girl in fifth grade and we had something special, something great, a little give and take, banter back and forth. And she was beautiful, athletic, faster, stronger than me, also an albino. Not that that matters, she was also an albino. And I don't know if I can paint a picture, she was built like Serena with skin like Casper. I don't know if that helps you with the visual, right? And she expressed herself physically, her love physically as fifth graders do. And the line between pleasure and pain was blurred on a daily basis, right? I didn't know. She'd tax me for things. She'd take my pencil, my lead pencils, my pens. Everything I had, she'd take. She'd smack me around, shove me into corners, give me back change for chocolate milk. It was, you know, a trying time in my life. I'm opening up to you guys. And then the day came where I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. I can't tolerate this shit any longer. Excuse my French. Today's the day I stand up for myself. I took hot Cheetos to school. Does anyone here remember when you took hot Cheetos to school? It was like a form of currency, right? You remember when you, people come to you, you have the big bag, like the family size, and you feel like that dude that went back to the hood? It's like, yo, let me get some of them Cheetos. Get in here, boy, I got you, I got you. You get front of the line treatment, you walking around with a fur coat and shit. Remember? No one? Yeah, my, my childhood was shitty. Hamburger helper and Cheetos, that's all it took to make me happy. 
So all day I knew she was gonna want these Cheetos, right? So I put, the, I put them in my backpack, and the entire day, one at a time, I put them in my pocket and I crunch it up. Put it in my pocket and I crunch it up over and over. And I, my pocket is packed with a fine hot Cheeto powder. So lunch comes, and we, we start walking to lunch, and she comes at me. She's like, hey, Peter, give me your Cheetos. I'm like, get out of my face, Autumn. Fuck off. Excuse my French again. I'm just abusing the rules, sorry. <laughs> right? I know this is clean. I apologize. This is as clean as I get. Bubba's seen me many times. I'm pretty clean right now. This is my Jehovah's Witness set, okay? She's like, give me your Cheetos. I'm like, get out of my face, Autumn, which is a perfect name for an albino, if you're sticking to seasons. Autumn, right, you can't name her summer or spring with the sun being her mortal enemy. There's no way. Give me your Cheetos. I'm like, get out of my face. And she does a bluff charge at me. So out of fear, I just reach in there and I threw, pa, right in her face. <laughs> right? Now, she had those tinted glasses that, you know, they wear indoors and outdoors. She took them off and it was, she wasn't even faced. She laughed like the final boss in a video game. Just, ha, 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 ha put her glasses back on, and then she beat the snot out of me for real, right? Now, I, to this day, cannot eat hot Cheetos. We don't eat hot Cheetos anymore in my house. She and I just share hamburger helper twice a week. That's it. That's it. Thank you all so much. My name is Peter. Tony? That was great. I've never seen you do a set before, so this is really fun for me. So I'm coming with completely fresh eyes. You started by saying, you only come up here four times because you've only had four Mexican weddings here, and I don't yeah. get that. It was trash. But, oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> I just didn't get it, and I thought, am I the only one that didn't get it? Because when you met Mexican weddings, I'm like, oh, this will be fun. You're going to yeah. talk about how crazy Mexican weddings get or whatever, yeah. and it didn't, that didn't happen. Yeah. But I, whatever. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, that hamburger helper thing, it's so clean and just so great. The, uh, like literally the only thing that popped in my head was when you, I love the way you describe walking into her apartment and the dopamine rush and the, the sense memory of feeling your mother's love again. Like that's so great. Cool. And the way you describe that is so perfect. And when you, but when you say, I could even tell by the smell that it was beef stroganoff, mm -hmm. I think you can go farther and be like, I can even tell that was the beef stroganoff and it was the double size box and you used milk, not water. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, did you win a lottery? Yeah, yeah. Like what happened? Did, <laughs> did your sister get jumped into a gang? What's yeah. the occasion? Sure. Like this is. <laughs> This is incredible, right? Like, I feel like you can go deeper into that. The idea that from the smell, you knew exactly the whole backstory, I think is so, so funny. Um, and then I, look, two sides to every story. That is a brave joke. That is a joke that should not work. But because you're so likable, after two or three minutes in the set, you can get away with it. Yeah. So that's, I just want everyone in the room to acknowledge that if you open with that joke, it's a fail, because we don't know you yet. Yeah. But later in the set, you do have a little bit of uh, leeway with the room. And so well done. That's good thinking. Um, and then I don't like uh, the body of Serena and the skin of Casper. That just feels like too easy. But like maybe, maybe like the body of Serena, but the skin of Mike Pence, or like the skin. Like who's the whitest person that we? You know what I mean? So just toy with so that. Go, go I think whiter, Mike Pence is okay. kind of good because we also wonder then if there's like it, whatever. So okay. just have fun. The complexion of a marshmallow or something. Um, uh, I really enjoyed it. I love the hamburger helper stuff. I grew up on it. Um, I would love to know what you ate on the days where things didn't go as well. Um, if somebody didn't have, uh, did you just have helper? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, 
were they putting chorizo in it ever? I would love to hear that. I think the abusive relationship joke is just about as sharp as it comes. I really enjoyed that. It's a risk, but it, like you said, it paid off. Cool. Um, I love the Cheeto dust. Like I, I don't know if you're too young to remember Mr. Fuji from the WWE, and he would blow his oh, dust yeah. in people's eyes. I don't know. I think that's funny. Um, Geez, I don't have a whole lot of notes for it. I just was just really enjoying it. I think it's sad. Well, I have like fewer notes, but only because I really enjoyed it. I really related to it. Um, but like you said, get into more description other than just unpack them more. What happened on the bad days? Just try and come at them from different cool. angles. Like I wonder but when like, she took the glasses off if her face was all orange yeah. except for the white circles yeah. around yeah, her yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like Donald Trump before Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like it, it was, yeah. Or maybe, you know, she, her face was all like, her face was like all, all orange and speckled and her hair is messed up and white circles around her eyes. It was it was very presidential. Yeah. Or like I don't know if there's a way to like get that. Yeah. yeah and then, it's, I mean, really, the only part where it was like you said was just the very beginning where you kind of like had some throwaway stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, Leslie always likes to remind me, man, but how sets sets are so amazing when you don't even say hello. Yes. When you don't say hi, yeah. how are you? You know what's up with this town? When you literally just come up and go. I had a lot of hamburger helpers, get whatever, and you just literally start from Jump Street mm -hmm. with cool. the actual words of a joke. You, you'll love how much better your set goes from there. It's great. Cool. But yeah. it's, a it's a tension grab. Nice, yeah. Right. yeah. Thank you, guys. Peter Jordan, everybody. That's Peter Jordan. Two comics left. The first one coming up is Carrie Ann Gallagher. Make some noise for Carrie Ann. Let her hear you. My name's Carrie Gallagher. You guys, I'm starting off this set. I'm feeling fired up. I got a real bee in my bonnet. What I'm about to say is polarizing, especially for a white girl, so I'm just gonna say it. I despise cashew nuts. Oh, oh, we got a pro cashew nutter here. Well, buckle up, because this is 30 minutes of anti-cashew rhetoric. <laughs> Just kidding, it's like 30 seconds. It's 30 seconds. I've been anti-cashew nut since 2013, because I don't want to eat a nut that sounds like a sneeze. <laughs> I think cashew nuts are the lamest nuts in all of the nut family. They're the Billy Baldwin of nuts. The Rob Kardashian of nuts, the Eli Manning of nuts. And they look so terrible. They're like a, a gray, lifeless color covered in wrinkles, all like hunched over like they got nut scoliosis. <laughs> Cashew nuts remind me of my 100-year-old eighth grade American history teacher, Mrs. Daywall. She had a hunchback, uh, and she had more wrinkles than the entire cast of the Golden Girls. She would hover over the projector and lecture us about the Civil War from the first-person perspective. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mrs. Daywalk, girlfriend smelled like uh, Ensure Shakes and baby powder. And that's exactly what cashew nuts taste like. Like, gross! Uh, don't get me started on cantaloupe, but I just said it, so I'm diving in. Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe is the cashew nut of the fruit world. To even make cantaloupe the slightest bit appetizing, you have to wrap it in prosciutto. You have to put salty meat around it. Makes everything go down better. It's an old hooker trick. I think cantaloupe's biggest offense, though, is that it looks sweet. Like, what a ruse, cantaloupe! I call it the Aunt Linda disguise. Because my Aunt Linda looks sweet. 
She wears Lily Pulitzer dresses. She's got her pearl earrings, a little pearl necklace. But anytime I see Aunt Linda, she says things to me like, oh gosh, Carrie, you should really wear a lot more makeup. <laughs> or, oh really, Carrie, another piece of cake? <laughs> Just have a cashew. <laughs> But from the looks and sounds of it, there are no Aunt Lindas here tonight, and I appreciate that. And I love coming up to Flagstaff and making everybody here laugh. The only downside is the I-17 because of all of the Dodge Chargers going a million miles an hour. And I it doesn't matter what highway you're on, even if you're driving on a dirt road, Dodge Chargers perpetually drive twice the legal speed limit. Like, where are they going in such a rush? Is there a Creed cover band at Desert Diamond Casino? <laughs> like, slow down, Dodge Chargers. I promise Golden Corral isn't gonna run out of your favorite trip shooters. I just want to grab one of those drivers by the collar and say, slow down, you're not driving in Fast and the Furious, Chad. You're just Chad. You live at home with your parents. You wear a backwards hat and a thumb ring. And Dodge Chargers are never a normal color, right? They're always bright lime, fluorescent green, or my dad didn't hug me enough orange. When I see a Dodge Charger behind me, my blood pressure skyrockets and they're like right on your rear. And, and personally, the only person that is allowed that close to my funk trunk is my proctologist. Sometimes when I, when I get a little bit negative, I, I, I go out hiking. The fresh air is very helpful for my attitude and my, and my mood. And even though I live in Phoenix, I still hike in the summer. And I went hiking with my husband uh, on July 4th, and we ran into a very friendly couple from Minnesota, and Kathy pulled me aside, and she just starts right into it. And she's like, oh, hi, hi, how are ya? My name's Kat, that's Bob, we're from Duluth, and I gotta tell you, we're loving this hike with all the birds and cactuses. Oh my gosh, it's great, but uh, my inner thighs are chafing like crazy, and I've got sweat and dirt in places that Bob hasn't seen in 20 years. It's like, all right, Kath, TMI, TMI. And don't get me wrong, I love all these Midwestern folk. They're very friendly, they're personable, but holy crap, they are never adequately prepared for a hike in Phoenix in the summertime. Like Kathy, she was wearing a fanny pack and it was chock full of tater tot casserole. And her water bottle was filled with ketchup. <laughs> and I just waved to them as the emergency helicopter airlifted them off the mountain. We only hiked for another 30 minutes after that. And then my husband handed me the water. We took a little break. Um, and I handed him the Gatorade. And then he handed me the snacks he packed. Cashews <laughs> and cantaloupe. <laughs> But it's okay, I handled it appropriately. I just served him with divorce papers. <laughs> but I wrapped it in prosciutto to make it a little bit more appetizing. <laughs> I'm Carrie Gallagher, thank you so much. You get Carrie, keep it going for Carrie. Okay, okay how long was that? Gene, how long was it? Five minutes on the dot. Like, like that was like a Tonight Show set. That was like so clean just so immaculate. I, it was 
we know it's going to be cashews at the end somehow. So at this point, it's like, just how is she going to do it? And you do it. And we go, oh, okay, that's all right. And then you've got the divorce papers. And we're like, oh, and then the prosciutto. And I'm like, well, she's smarter than I am. Like, it's so good. No, because you paint yourself into a corner where we know, we all know it's going to end with cashews somehow. And it's like, oh, God, there's no cashew joke good enough to end on now, right? Like, you literally paint yourself into an unwinnable position. And then you figured it out. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Uh, the only thing that I would say is, I would say after you get 60 seconds in, you don't have to move as much. Okay. You can be in a rage a little more still as if you were on camera, because literally that you could do on The Tonight Show. You just can't be fidgeting around. You can't be so physically so twitchy. So that's just something to toy with. And I don't know, maybe, and this is maybe, the thing you did with Gene when it was like, and the pro-cashew people, go on with that. Like, you people are the worst with your propaganda. You have oppressed my people for 200 years, and now we are taking our piece of the pie. And like, you know what I mean? Like, say some of the things that like the gay rights movement is saying and like, you know what I mean? Like, we get one parade a year. You don't need to protest it. We get one weekend a year, you know, or whatever. Like, I think you can continue picking one person out of the audience and like berating them for being pro-cashew. I think we will extend you that. Anyhow, it was dynamite. It was really good. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's a great um, puzzle uh, that you put together there, you know, like a five-minute set that is, it's a cashew joke, it's an old people joke, it's a hiking joke, it's a teacher from your high school joke, it, but it's all actually one joke, and then, it, I mean, the way it wraps up, they could have all been separate jokes, but they weren't. So, um, I agree with him. Um, I'll give you just advice that Doug Stanhope gave me one time. I'm name-dropping, because I met one comedian once. So, anyway, um, no, which was, um, you can't keep that level of energy up, and so just like what Tony said, like, I love that you start off so aggressive, but then when you talk about your teacher, or maybe this couple, like, find a spot to like make it loving and caring and stuff. The jokes themselves are, are, are very well written right. and they work. Um, I would uh, I, the stuff about the Dodge Chargers. Um, you're right. I, I mean, maybe you could ex if you had more time, you had to explore why it is they want to call so much attention to themselves because they really do drive very fast with very bright cars. They're they're they're, they're white because they're not afraid of being pulled over. Clearly, <laughs> it is the Dukes of Hazard car. You know that, right? That's what the Dukes of Hazard drove. So. I like that. I'm, a, I'm, I'm super pro cashew uh, and cantaloupe, um, but we'll just talk about that offline. Um, <laughs> what about people that say cashew? Maybe you could give those people the what for also. Do you, you know can, what I mean? Yeah, you could have a nut allergy. You can actually be allergic to people that say cashew instead of yeah. cashew. Like, you, like read a book. <laughs> you it's cashew. Come on. <laughs> Don't try to make it better by cashew. It's still a hunched over old woman nut. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, I think all we can do is is try and just put finer points on it. But I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's quite good. You know what? I'll give the same compliment. I'm gonna give Carrie. Uh, I think you're very funny. You guys, that is Carrie Gallagher. Let her hear you guys, Carrie Gallagher. Here's, I will give her the same compliment. I'm going to give you the so same good. compliment that I gave Stan Chen yesterday, which is you are polished enough that you didn't need to sit around and take time to do this, Mike. And one of the reasons that you're as polished as you do is you never turn down an opportunity for good stage time and good feedback. So and so sweet. I think for that's a good thing for younger comics to learn. Don't turn down opportunities for good stage time and feedback. God bless you. God bless you. All right. So good. That was so good. Oh, God, that was so good. Oh. 
Sometimes when you hear it so good, you're like, why am I even doing this? Okay, let's keep it going. All right, you guys, the last comedian. Thank you guys so much for being here. We're down to our last comedian. It is Connor Hartley, right? Connor Hartley. Thank you. Wearing shorts on my stage. I'll forgive you, sir, for this last time. It's the festival. I've been walking around, you know. It's performance wear. So. I'm old. Um, it's just a statement. Um, yeah, and it's not waking up and the aches and the pains every day. It's going to the store for saltines because that's the only flavor that's not overbearing. <laughs> Never mind the cashier trying to assist me out. But no, I'm, I'm, old, I'm old now. And, and there's these new unexpected challenges that, that we, we never really knew. Like, when did it become so hard to make friends? I mean, in elementary school, I could just show up with the cool crayons. You know the kind. 64 pack, people colors, sharpener on the back. Oh yeah. They were so cool, so cool. I mean, these crayons, they were so cool. Anybody would want to be your friend, even Jessica, especially Jessica. No, these crayons, they were, they were so cool. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer would be cool. And yet, when I brought them into work the other day, I was the psychopath. Go figure. But seriously, like, like making friends now, it's, it's an ordeal. It's an ordeal. You gotta go on a first date, FBI background check, um, and, and it starts right from the get-go. I have to decide, what am I gonna wear? No. 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 There's nothing in there. Why isn't there anything in there? It's fine. Never. It's fine. You know, and then, you know, you're, you're in the car. Okay, keys, wallet. Okay. Should I, be, should I bring flowers? Well, I mean, I don't want to show up empty-handed, but... I don't know. I got all these crayons, I guess. <laughs> you know, and, and so, so finally, you get, you get to your date, and, you know, you do your final check. Okay. All right. You're good looking. You got this. All right, just breathe. <sighs> then you uh, finally meet the person, and, and they look good. They look so good, because they don't really have garbage in their closet. And you meet them, and things are going fine. And <sighs> OK. All right. Foot's in the door. You got this, kiddo. Keep it going. Things are moving along. Things are moving along, and you know, your server comes and comes to take your order, and okay, all right, keep it cool, simple, GMT, classic, elegant, that's me, classic, elegant. All right, I can't do this, it's too hard. I just, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Thanks, guys. That's, that's all I got. Uh, Connor, how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, I've done like half a dozen open mics. Okay, good, good. You're welcome. Welcome. You're from Phoenix. Okay, we're, we're glad that you're here, so we're glad you're here. We'll start out with Christopher. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. My eyes are bad, but let me work on this. Um, so, I, uh, so, hi. That's really good. Um, and so, uh, let me see. Um, 
the the crayons and you said it's it's super easy to make friends as a kid um, and you're like well how why is that why can't I do this adult uh, drugs drugs is what you keep on you as an adult to make friends so people were using you for your crayons and you need to maybe address that they weren't your real friends they were just taking your good crayons and uh, you know and you can always find people to use you um, you can, even on dating websites. Um, and I like that if you talk about taking the crayons to work, uh, I wouldn't use the word psychopath, but like, y like you said, like I thought I'd make friends, and then make, but describe it, describe the things you did. Don't just bring them. T tell me what you did, the reports you turned in, how you spruced them up, how you know, yeah, you, you know what, how you put a sun right up in the corner, you know how you would always do in the paint, you know, <laughs> it's not the whole thing, it's just a little bit, you know, spruce them up, like really lean into what you did with them, with and the then you're like, and, yeah, yeah, con <laughs> and then you know, and how you make friends at work, I think that would be fun to get into the more description. Well, but then I'm the one that has to go to HR. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, uh, and so I think that's really funny, um, and then I liked your act outs because you, you. Um, it, like, have you done theater or anything like that? Okay. So you do a really good job of, of displaying the emotions. Um, you do a really good job of that. But m what would maybe sharpen it is if you told us what you were about to be like. You know what I mean? Like, you'll get into the act out, and I know what you're doing, but sometimes an audience member might, like, you almost need to say, oh, and then, so now I'm, I'm at the date, and I'm, uh, you know, and then, like, just describe just a little quick. It only takes two or three words to tell me what you're about to act out. Now I can just... Instead of me having to watch the act out and wonder what you're doing, tell me what you're doing, and then I can laugh at the at the funniness of the act out. And you can and you can get more severe with it. You can exaggerate it more. Do it. That's fun. Yeah, exactly. Like I think if you say, well, first off, you can't walk. You can't say, I'm old. That's the first thing when we're all looking at you and you're not old. So you can be like, I'm really old. I, I know you think I don't look old, but believe me. I'm super old, like, I, and then tell me why I'm wrong for going, no, you're not old, I can see you, you look young, right? So acknowledge the fact that you don't look the way that you, the thing that you're saying you are. And then also, yeah, I think that you, you, know, you need to say the sentence, and making friends is too hard now, like, friend dates are just as hard as date dates. Like, you have to plan your outfit, and then you've got your act outs, and then you're in the car, and you gotta do your little pep talk and then do that. So exactly what he's saying, tell me what the beats are so that you're making your argument before you act them out so that we can follow it in, in a more linear way. And I think, like, I love the idea of the, the waiter. So it's like, then the waiter comes, what do you want to drink? And, and I'm like, oh, Long Island iced tea? No, no, you don't want to be that guy. Uh, gin and tonic, gin and tonic. Yeah, that's classic, that's elegant. That's who I'm pretending to be for this guy. Like, <laughs> acknowledge the, the, the sort of pretense of it. And then I think the ending will sort of reveal itself, you know, eventually. But yeah, you're on a really, really good path. Yeah, I like it. Keep it going for Connor Hartley, nice everybody. Job. Connor Hartley. Thank you. Right on, man. This has been Comedy Triage. We have one more show tomorrow. One more show where we're going to talk about hosting. We're going to talk about hosting, so we can come and do that. This has been my co-host, Ernesto Ortiz. And we want to thank our judges, Tony Tripley. Give it up for Tony Tripley. Give it up for Christopher Royer. Christopher Royer. Give it up for y'all. Give it up for y'all. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much.